0: Despen, Senior Vice President for Investment Affairs and Investor Education at NAREIT, and your host for the first of a special three-part edition of the REIT report that will focus on the central role that REITs can play in a 21st century real estate portfolio. Asset class diversification is one of the most important building blocks in portfolio construction, serving as a way to build portfolio value and to manage investment risk. Achieving portfolio diversification by investing in the real estate asset class has been a staple in institutional investment portfolios, like pension funds, for decades. But the real estate economy and the opportunities that investors have to invest in the asset class has evolved and changed since the time when many pension funds first began investing. Today's REIT industry reflects that evolution and has expanded beyond the property sectors institutional investors have traditionally owned, like retail, office, residential apartments, and industrial properties, and now offers investors access to a diversity of property types, including the new economy property sectors, like infrastructure, cell towers, data centers, and networked logistics properties that power the growing digital economy. This evolution has has sparked a growing interest among institutional investors in the idea of building a completion portfolio. A portfolio completion strategy is a tool investors have to invest in property sectors, including those new economy sectors, that complement the traditional real estate property types in order to achieve more robust diversification, boost portfolio investment returns, and dampen volatility. Joining me today to give a perspective on how REIT investment can help institutional investors get the most from their real estate allocations is David Beal, Chief Investment Officer for the City of Austin Employees Retirement System. David, welcome.
1: Thank you, Meredith. Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Uh, I, I, I'd, I'd like to start uh, by asking you to tell us a little bit about the City of Austin's pension portfolio. and and what
1: your investment goals are. Sure, absolutely. So COERS, as we call ourselves, uh, oversees a $3 billion fund that's part of a defined benefit plan that covers about 16,000 beneficiaries in the Austin area. Now, our goal on the investment side is to produce the highest possible returns for the risk budget that the board has set. And in recent years, the fund has been top quartile amongst its peers for performance. And we aim to sustain that level of strong returns and help provide retirement security for generations to come. Now, the assumed rate of return for the system is 7%, which in today's market means a heavy emphasis on growth-oriented assets such as real estate. And real estate was first added to the fund in 2004 to provide a mix of capital appreciation for long-term growth and also income to pay benefits. Now, today, the fund has about a 10% target to the asset class. Which makes it a very important part of the program
0: uh th- thank you david for that for that helpful background um, the The city of Austin has really been a pioneer in implementing a portfolio completion strategy using REITs. Could you share with us a little bit about what may have motivated your interest in exploring the portfolio completion idea for this city's uh, real estate portfolio?
1: Sure. Well, it's important to set the table by saying that the board of COERS is strongly committed to best-in-class governance. And as part of that, it laid out several years ago a set of what are called investment beliefs. And these investment beliefs are foundational principles that are mutually, mutually agreed upon by the trustees to guide strategy and implementation for the fund. And one of these key beliefs is an emphasis on diversification. And diversification is at the very heart of our investment strategy for that reason, we run a global portfolio that includes stocks, bonds, and also real estate and other types of assets such as infrastructure. Now, another one of those beliefs is fee sensitivity, and the board has expressed a desire to be highly cost-effective. Our philosophy on this topic boils down to a view that a basis point saved is essentially a basis point earned. And that philosophy has put the fund in the top decile of its peers for cost-effectiveness, which is in turn one of the key reasons that we're in the top quartile for our peers uh, for net performance. And that sensitivity to cost is also a reason why the board has expressed a default preference for public markets vehicles. That preference is based not only on lower costs, but also better liquidity, greater customization, and more control. And one important nuance on this point is that the Coers board does view the public versus private markets decision as an implementation choice rather than a strategic decision like many of our peers do. We think that allows us to be more thoughtful about these decisions as time moves along and market conditions change.
0: So, so delving a little bit more into the idea of the portfolio completion strategy and and its role within the city's uh, uh, program, what, what were what were some of the important considerations that factored into your decision making process as you were evaluating? how a completion strategy might fit into your real estate investment program. And can you share with us a few insights on the process you went through um, in in evaluating the concept?
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, so in recent years, we've been re-underwriting each of the major portfolios and asking how we might improve their structure and performance. And in 2019, we turned our attention to real estate, which for many years was only core U.S. real estate held through a single private markets fund. And generally, we were happy with the manager and the fund as it had consistently done better than its peer group and and taken on a little bit less risk. But as we conducted the strategic review, we realized that the overall structure of the real estate portfolio was suboptimal for several reasons. Uh, The first of which is that we realized that the real estate market has changed a great deal over the last decade or so, as you highlighted earlier. Um, Our core fund did give us good exposure to the four basic property types that you mentioned, but we realized that we were missing out on a number of the newer property types, uh, such as data centers that had really only become available in in the last decade or so. Uh, My colleague David Stafford did some great work on this topic. It helped us realize that over the last 15 years, the fund could have done about 180 basis points better per year uh, with a portfolio of REITs that would have also been more diversified and more liquid than what we held. And much of that performance improvement would have come from exposure to those newer property types, such as data centers. And secondly, we also had concerns about the liquidity of the portfolio, given that the fund that we owned was gated during the 08-09 financial crisis and for a couple of years afterward. And the challenge back then was at the time, the system had earmarked income from the real estate fund to provide liquidity to help make benefit payments. And that circumstance didn't ultimately turn out to be a problem for the system. We had a number of other options, but it did highlight the illiquidity and the lack of control that are inherent in private market structures. And when we put those two things together, we realized that making some changes to the portfolio would be appropriate and even necessary.
0: So why did you choose a wheat based completion strategy?
1: Well, when we um, took a look at our options, we considered a few different structures, including just diversifying further within private markets. However, when we looked at that more closely, we decided that the approach um, might solve the diversification issue, but it could compound the concerns that we had in the current structure around high fees and illiquidity. So we looked also at moving the entire portfolio of public markets. But as I mentioned, we've been generally pleased with the performance of the core real estate fund that we owned. Uh, And in fact, our analysis suggested that the long-term performance of that fund was comparable to a like portfolio of REITs though only with lag, a lag of about a year or more to account for the differences in the timing evaluation. So, ultimately, ultimately what we decided to do is to pursue the best of both worlds by trimming the core U.S. fund essentially in half and redeploying those dollars toward a completion portfolio of That strategy would allow us to capture those newer property types, increase the liquidity of the portfolio, and reduce our overall fees in the real estate portfolio dramatically. And one thing that we really liked about that approach, too, would be that it's also highly customizable. Uh, We inherently default to market cap-weighted indices, but do like to be thoughtful where we can. And the ability to exclude certain property types, such as malls, where we think there may be long-term structural challenges, is actually quite valuable. So,
0: So what does the completion portfolio look like? Uh, For example, what property sectors did you include, and and why were those particularly attractive?
1: Yeah, so our starting point uh, for the work was the FTSE REIT composite index. However, uh, we worried that the inclusion of mortgage REITs might give us too much exposure to financials overall, so we moved over to the all equity REITs index as our baseline. And from there, we excluded shopping centers, office, industrial, apartments, and infrastructure because we already own those property types in the private markets fund and elsewhere in the, in the coerce fund. And doing that also enabled us to add some pre, uh, residential property types, such as manufactured housing and retail properties, such as uh, freestanding uh, free retailers that we did not have exposure to. And after those exclusions, we were left with about half the original index, which provided a fairly elegant portfolio split and represents the source of the 50-50 mix of public and private that I mentioned earlier.
0: Got it. Got it. Very interesting. Um, So how long have you been investing in in the completion strategy?
1: Well, we proposed these changes to our board in August of 2019, and they were adopted and implemented in December of 2019. Uh, Needless to say, it's been an eventful 10 months for the real estate business, uh, given the COVID pandemic. Uh, but I think that also highlights uh, the, the the benefits of having a liquid and highly customizable allocation to the sector. When you think about maybe the need or the or the desire to uh, to adapt portfolios to changing market conditions.
0: Yeah, interesting indeed. Times so you know so often you know the case is the devil's in the details uh, in implementing uh, new strategies and what have you. Um, what, what can you share with us in terms of, of how you implemented the strategy, um, what, what your experience has been, what was the imp- implementation like, did you encounter any challenges, have any surprises come up as you've, as you've been going through the process?
1: Mm, that's very good question. Uh, well, the custom index is computed by our friends at Pussy Russell, who are great to work with as they took the time to really understand our objectives and tailor the index to our needs. And that custom index is passively replicated by our friends at Fidelity at competitive rates, which results in a very cost-effective implementation. And in terms of challenges, there's there's nothing specific to talk about there. It was more sort of the fact that there was nothing off the shelf available at the time, which always raises the question of, well, no one's ever done this before. And even though this is the kind of solution that almost seems obvious in retrospect, when you're going through it you're not always so sure but with all that being said i don't think there have been any surprises and at this point i don't expect any given that the operational aspects of this portfolio have been going really smoothly all year
0: what what has the system's been experience, experience been with the strategy thus far how, how are things going uh in terms of performance and and some of the other key metrics you might be looking at as you think about how the strategy
1: is fitting within the broader investment program. Sure, absolutely. Well, I think so far, it's so good. You know, the completion portfolio is down 12% for the year to date, which is fairly respectable given that the REIT complex broadly is down about 17%. And I do think that goes back to the ability to customize uh, the index and exclude sectors like malls that have been particularly hard hit by the pandemic? Um, One obvious challenge for benchmarking um, is that the private markets fund that we've been talking about has been marked down only 1% for the year. And the challenge there is that when they both show up on the same page in the board report, that makes the REITs portfolio look bad, right? And now we don't believe that that down 1% figure is truly reflective of the fundamentals in sectors like retail. And as I mentioned earlier, I think those challenges will flow through the private markets over the next 12 to 18 months at a time when the REITs portfolio is rebounding. So there's that mismatch there that, that does create uh, some explaining at the board and committee level. I should also mention that our private markets fund has once again been gated for the foreseeable future. So it's not even possible to transact at those asset values are so down 1% even if we wanted to. Now this was something that staff had anticipated and I think it does highlight the high liquidity of the REITs portfolio if we ever needed it to pay benefits or meet other obligations.
0: Uh, David, this has been uh, really interesting and and truly appreciate your insights. Um, Do you have anything you'd like to share uh, based on your experience for investors that are thinking critically today about their their investment portfolios and looking for ways to ensure that their real estate investments are positioned for the 21st century?
1: Well, sure, absolutely. Well, I guess uh, one thing I would say is I'd highly recommend Uh, working with your board to articulate a set of investment beliefs if you haven't done so already. Uh, What I've learned is that oftentimes there are these foundational assumptions that go unspoken, but can turn out to be a source of disagreement when you get down to the brass tacks. So laying those uh, out early, can, I think, can be a great benefit. And I think secondly, I'd encourage investors to look critically and strategically at what's in their portfolios and ask whether the current portfolio still makes sense in light of everything that's happening in the world and the way things have changed over the last decade or two. Um, I, I, it's my view that, that positioning your portfolio for the future is always a challenging task, but in my experience, tailoring it to your needs has never been easier than it is today.
0: Great. Well, again, David, thanks so much for, for all that you've been able to share with us um, on the City of Austin's Pension Fund and how REITs are working in the investment portfolio.
1: Thank you, Mayor. It's been a privilege.
0: For more news and analysis of REITs and listed real estate, please visit Nareit's website, REITs.com.